welcome to A Novel Life, a podcast about living life in a novel way. I am Lauren Ruth Martin, a licensed therapist in Tennessee. Remember that what we talk about on here involves a lot of therapy-like things. However, it is not a replacement for a regular therapy. So make sure that you are doing the work with a professional that is getting to know all the nuances of you. Let's start the show. I am not going to disclose to y'all how many times I had to record that intro. I, I kind of get nitpicky after doing this and I'm like, okay, I need to change this up or I don't like how it sounds there. And all of this to say that right now and any time in life, it is impossible to demand yourself to operate at 100% at all times. We our bandwidth is always evolving. It is always shifting. It's always recalibrating and readjusting and the world is ever changing. And so if you're ever in a stuck point, and obviously me recording my intro was a stuck point, take a step back, breathe and realize that like in that moment, you may be on the struggle bus, but it's okay. Um, I think that is a big sort of theme over the past few weeks for me personally. And then just what I've been seeing in my work is that we tend to, it's, we tend to freak out when we're not operating at our max capacity. And I think sometimes our culture and especially in therapy world and self-help world and the wellness world, we tend to focus so much on self-improvement, getting better, bettering ourselves, that we forget that the goal of therapy is about having skills, developing skills, developing perspectives, developing new ways of thinking so that when we are in a place that we're not operating 100%, we can still get through the moment and get through the discomfort and get through the rough times and be able to see things on the other side. Um, That's not saying that we don't take problems seriously or that we don't freak out when we need to freak out, but it's the idea of responding to the stressor and not to the additional sort of um, banter, mental banter that goes along with that. Um, And that's really going to go into today's topic. We're going to talk about using the describe skill as a way for us to better work through discomfort instead of running away from our monsters. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of like any other updates for y'all. Um, I can't wait for next month. I'm, my husband is turning 40 and we're going to take a trip to Asheville and do a distanced vacation. That's going to be really cool. So I'm just, I'm, I'm pumped about that. Um, I am ready to be anywhere but my <laughs> But my house, um, we've been cooped up for a little bit. Um, in the past two weeks, I've been able to do some awesome presentations. And one today was about reentering the world. Um, I know that I've done like a full podcast episode on it, but I'm going to share with y'all in the next segment um, some questions that were brought up about like a skill to use when we're you know, thinking about coming back and working through that discomfort when it's like life will be back to normal. And I think that's honestly, it's, it's shocking for a lot of us. And I, I think, you know, when I talk about not being at a hundred percent, I think part of that for me personally, over the past few weeks has been a little bit of pressure, um, and a little bit of 
anxiety in response to a lot of really hopeful news regarding the vaccine and transmission and herd immunity and, you know, kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel um, where there, that brings a lot of joy. Um, it can also bring a lot of grief. And, and when I say grief, you know, for me, I'm recognizing that I've had a lot of control of my time being isolated. And when the world expands, that means, you know, we start sharing our time and our bandwidth. And that's not a bad thing because we desperately need connection and in a way that does relinquish some control. Um, So I'm just saying that to let you know that if you're experiencing that grief or if you're in that sort of stuck spot around what to do when that does come up, um, it's normal and we have stuff to work through that. Let's take a quick break and I'll get more into this when we get back. Quick reminder, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Lauren Ruth Martin. Um, You're able to send me questions that I answer on the podcast and also um, lots of good content. And I'm starting to do more giveaways and I have a really exciting partnership coming up this month um, where it's going to get you access to a really cool app that recently launched. So stay tuned for that. But let's go get into this week's question. This actually comes from a presentation that I did today of what to do um, when you have that pinging anxiety about life returning back to normal. Um, And the skill that I suggested for them actually comes from standard DBT and it's called coping ahead. Um, I've probably talked about this on the podcast before, but I really think that this is helpful for managing anxiety regarding re-entering life after the pandemic, um, because we're going to have to work through a lot of things um, that we adjusted from last year, and we're going to have to go back to that, but with new information and a new lens. And I think what happens if you err on the more anxious side or on the more risk averse side, you're probably going to worst case scenario or trying to figure out all the ways to protect yourself. And instead of going there, I would recommend um, the skill of coping ahead. And the point of the skill of coping ahead is to imagine, so give ourselves a little bit of exposure to experiencing the worst case scenario and then engaging in what would happen after that. I think a lot of us imagine experiencing the worst case scenario in our life almost stopping there. And what I like about coping ahead is that we're able to see that if something bad happens, that we will be able to bounce back at it because we can't get rid of pain in life, but we can work on our suffering and we can continue moving through the pain to have a full life. Um, I do this, this is going to sound really morbid, but I actually do this skill a lot when thinking about my husband and probably a thing that I fear a lot is, is losing um, my husband. I probably have a little bit of a rational fear of um, losing people that I love. I don't do death well. So there's a little bit of insight on me. And over time, I've actually engaged in the in the thought around coping ahead. Because sometimes, um, just depending on how I'm feeling, I can get really paralyzed 
in that thought of like, what if he gets in a car wreck or what if he gets sick or what if, you know, all the what ifs. And what I actually do is sort of guide myself into imagining that happening and then thinking about the immediate next step. And the immediate next step was would be that I cry, that I grieve, that I am angry. We would have the funeral. We, I would be around family. And, you know, and I keep going through those steps. And then at, at some point, I will work my way towards living a full life, even if I am in pain. I think if I lost my husband, I would be in immense emotional pain, probably for the rest of my life. It would not be, it would not be a painless life. And I could see myself still being present for my son and having that pain. I could see myself still having my practice and doing the things that I want to do with my life and, and still miss my husband and still have that, that, you know, that sadness. I think sometimes we get so engrossed in thinking that pain isn't workable because it's really hard. And sometimes really intense moments can take almost everything out of us. And when we do the skill of coping ahead, we show ourselves that we can be resilient and we almost get a degree of mental rehearsal in order to build some muscle memory and tolerance to recognizing that if the worst case scenario happens, it will be awful and it will be workable. Now, you know, to bridge this with some other work that I do, what's helpful is to be mindful of when using this skill that you're not engaging in compulsive planning. This is more so about having an exposure, allowing yourself to feel the feelings and seeing that you can come back from them. So hopefully that helps when you're thinking about this year. Let's take one more breather and we'll be right back. All right, so this week we are talking about basically naming it, just it, whatever it is. Because what I've been working with a lot lately is having this um, this overwhelming sense of like just feels, you know, and if you've been, you know, reading content or or listening to the news, you know, our body remembers the big shift that happens last year. And with the anticipation of all of this good stuff coming on, I think we're all preparing for another adjustment. And it's causing us to have a lot of different feelings, a lot of different body sensations, a lot of um, different experiences. And what I want to focus on today is using the mindfulness describe skill, and also a little bit of act um, diffusion and acceptance in order to help us become more comfortable with this discomfort. I think this year is going to be a a real test of us learning to discern discomfort from danger. I think especially as we I don't know about y'all but when I watch shows of things before the pandemic occurred, I find myself having almost a like visceral reaction when people um, are really close to each other when they're not masked. Um, You know, my husband and I we've he got his first of the vaccine. I've been fully vaccinated. So we've um, had some, you know, distanced and um, more contained hangouts with people. And that's brought on a sense of 
whatever that is. And I, I just think this would be helpful for us to have a discussion about it because that discernment of discomfort versus danger is going to be important um, as we navigate and pace and determine really our bandwidth for how we want to reenter, but also when it comes to expectations and how to manage that. So why does the describe skill, why is it important? A lot of times when we're experiencing uh, discomfort, but even good feelings too. So when we're experiencing comfort, discomfort, we rely on what's going on in between our two ears. Um, so our thoughts to determine what's how the situation's going. And yet, when we're doing that, we're not really putting words, we're just kind of making these like blanket statements, like, I'm anxious. And then we just kind of stay stuck on that loop of I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, or I'm depressed. And it's a, a period, we don't go into, we don't skillfully go into the what does it feel like? What is that signaling to you? We don't have that, uh, that curious mindset. Usually, if we're in this moment of discomfort or depression or stuck, what typically happens is that we get stuck on that loop of the thought and the discomfort that we don't lean into it in order to really have an understanding of what's going on in our body, um, what thoughts are going on in our mind, what that might be signaling to us. And so <laughs> when we're not describing, we're basically dealing with an inanimate experience. It's a colorless, shapeless, I want to call it a blob, but like a blob of emotion that we don't have any avenue of how to work with it. And so it becomes like a blob or a rock and it keeps us stuck. So how do we describe? We put words and details to our experiences and where the instruction is quite simple, um, basically tune in and describe what's going on. When I teach this in session and in skills class, describing what's going on rather than the interpretation of what's going on is actually quite difficult. Um, I think I've done a lesson or, or I've done a um, podcast on the awareness continuum. That's basically the R-O-D-B-T describe skill um, used um, in that situation, it's probably plopped in. I would have to look at that. But essentially, what the describe skill is, is putting words to our experience um, as if we were describing it or discussing it almost like a scientific observation. So when I have the thought, I'm anxious, okay, I might be anxious, but what does that look like? from outside? What does that feel like? What thoughts am I hearing? What mental images are coming up? What sensations do I have in my body? What urges are coming up? And so if we take that I'm anxious thought, so that's the broad, shapeless, colorless, you know, blob, and we start putting words to our experience, if I take a step back, and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling anxious. I'm noticing tension in my chest. Um, I'm noticing some a tingling in my head. Um, in RODBT, we would say I'm aware of the sensation of tingling in my head. Um, I'm hearing the thoughts that I'm not good enough. I'm hearing the thoughts that I messed up. I'm hearing the thoughts 
So I'm hearing thoughts related to my math test. Um, and so it can even be broad like that, but do you see how that's a descriptor? So we're now taking the blob of anxiety and we're starting to put shape and color and texture and context to that blob. Um, I have like, if we're describing urges, I have the urge to hide or I have the urge to cry or I have the urge to, um, shut down and mental images. Like I'm seeing my, I'm imagining seeing grades, you know, on my computer. So now we have color, we have texture, we have, um, we have some life put into that anxious feeling. And that's important because if we start identifying what exactly is going on in the moment, like in that moment and less about the interpretation, then what we can do is begin finding different avenues to work through and also identify what we need to shift first. For some of y'all, the thing that you would like to shift first is the physical discomfort. When it comes to shifting physical discomfort, sometimes it has to get, that discomfort has to peak before it valleys. Same thing with mental discomfort. But when we describe, we start seeing like, okay, this, this blob isn't so blobby anymore. It's, it's an experience. My discomfort that I'm having right now is an experience. It's going to go away. And now I can figure out what do I want to work on first? When we think about that describing, so once we describe it, like in how we're experiencing the experience, how we're experiencing the experience, how we're, how we're in this moment, and we figure out what we want to do with it, where we want to go next is with curiosity. And curiosity, when we are describing what's going on, is going to help us develop a more investigative mindset when dealing with discomfort, when we're engaging in the what ifs, when we're looking ahead, when we're feeling a little bit overwhelmed. That's what, that's what describing is. We're adding texture to it. And then we're becoming curious so that we are now getting back in the driver's seat of our emotional experiences. And that's super important because we're not always trying to gain control, but what we're trying to do is to get in a more collaborative stance with our discomfort, with our emotions. So if we go back to that blob of anxiety, if we describe our experience and then put on a more curious investigative mindset and we have an idea of context and what's going on with it, we can begin leaning into it in the sense of asking, okay, what might this be trying to show me? Is this something that I've worked through before? Is this something that I might actually be able to try to let go? Like what's my next step? And if you think about this, we're not involved with the why at all. We're not getting involved with the why. We're not trying to make meaning of anything. When we ask that question, what is this trying to show me or what is there to learn? We're still describing the experience. So if I'm having anxiety and I'm having tension in my chest and I'm having thoughts that I'm not good enough and I'm having thoughts about my math test, you know, if I lean into that, I can start drawing potentially some conclusions of like, okay, this is the math thing again. 
Um, I'm probably uncomfortable because like, this isn't my strong suit and I don't like failing. You know, we can start connecting dots while also not trying to pursue the ultimate answer, but just looking at possibilities. And so we're, we're now bridging another mindfulness skill of, you know, we're going from describe and getting into the moment and we're shifting into self-inquiry, um, a curious mindset, um, in act, we would call this more about, um, diffusion. Like, so we diffuse by naming everything and then moving into acceptance and self as context. We start moving into a place of flexibility because what this is all about is getting from stuckness in our head and back into engaging with life. And when we think about this concept of discomfort versus danger, a lot of this stuff that I'm encouraging y'all to do is going to mainly be around the concepts of discomfort and how we feel when we're uncomfortable. Because if we're in danger, that needs to expedite quickly and we need to move through it at a faster pace. That's why we have emotions. Because if we're experiencing anxiety when we see a tiger, then we can actually move. Like anxiety drives us to get the hell out. Um, Anxiety helps protect us. But when we're in this discomfort and really trying to discern what's going on, we have a little bit of space for us to get curious. If we're stuck in a depressive episode, we have, um, we have some room to investigate what's going on, begin putting words to our experience so that we can then move through the experience. So if we think about it like a map, when we put words to it, when we start giving ourselves direction, we're then able to move through. But when it's a blob, we're, we're left with a blank canvas and not really getting an, an understanding of what we do with it. And so when we think about that concept of getting curious and beginning to move through in those situations of danger, that's in, if you think about danger, that is anything that threatens your life, threatens your livelihood, um, threatens your, your self-respect, you know, those, those places, that is where we may have to have a sense of urgency and, you know, and, and, and take action. The main takeaways that I want y'all to walk away with is that by taking a step back and describing your experience and facing it head on actually helps get through it. In fact, you know, I've done coaching before and just naming the experience, like in the midst of coaching of like, I am feeling this is enough to take somebody from a 10 to like a seven, which is far more manageable than being at a 10. Because now we're making something that didn't have any shape. And that was literally like the boogeyman, you know, this unknown thing sort of creeping in the corner, we brought it to the light and we're saying like, Hey, this is my experience right now. And by putting words to it, we're then again, getting back in the driver's seat. We're saying, all right, rather than having this, this thing be in the driver's seat, I'm going to hop back in. We're going to throw it in the back seat. We're going to put it in the passenger seat and we're going to listen to it and, and see what's going on with it and figure out how we can ride the course together. And naming it and even being able to name it as a trigger 
you know, and, and people don't like the word trigger. I think it's really, it's kind of one of the better ways to describe when those things happen. Another term could be prompting event, um, whatever sparked your experience, whatever verbiage you put to it, like where language is important, we need to start with just describing it as objectively as possible. And going from there, getting way deep into the interpretation and what all this means, you got to start with the objective and then get curious and work through possible interpretations. Having that sense of understanding, bringing it to the forefront, bringing it into the light is what helps with making it truly manageable and less overwhelming. Um, So hopefully that wraps things up um, around this experience. I know we're a little bit short, but I'm going to take this like next sort of breath to tell you other things that are going on. Um, But hopefully this kind of gives an idea of like why this skill of describe is pretty, um, it's not easy. And it does, um, it does take practice. And once you do it, you'll see that your emotional experiences or the discomforts that you go through are actually far more workable and um, far more, there's a lot of understanding for it once it does come up. Okay, so I'm going to pivot because I have five minutes before the show wraps up, but I'm going to pivot this to some of the highlights that came from my talk today about re-entering pandemic world and where Describe can be helpful for this. I would encourage y'all to, um, if we bridge the scale we talked about earlier of coping ahead with the Describe skill, I would encourage y'all if you have some time and brain space to begin sort of brainstorming, considering, um, observing what you feel like your limitations may be as we continue to move forward and go through another season of adjustment. Um, The talk that I did today was with a, um, it was with a business and um, they work in a, um, in an industry that's been at a standstill and then they're about to go into more um, event-based situations that do involve crowds. And what I was encouraging them to do is to begin gaining a sense of bandwidth. And that's going to really need to use that describe skill Um, in that because what I was encouraging them to do was to think about the situations that they may be put in so to do some coping ahead imagining themselves there and then also beginning to describe how we know or how you will know what your limit is so to bring it to um, my personal experience um, my husband and I going back to what I mentioned earlier around um personal time and how taking this step back really caused us to recognize how much of our own needs we were putting on the back burner. And we had to do some inventory taking on the back end of seeing how running at max capacity, how that was truly impacting um, our body, how it was impacting our brain spaces. And we began having conversations around what our limits might be in the future. And, you know, one thing when I was using the the describe skills, like if I'm feeling fatigued, so if I'm feeling fatigued and drained and I'm not feeling um, 
livened, or I don't know what the right word is, if I'm not feeling like inspired or um, sort of jazzed up after social experiences, like that's probably a sign that I'm reaching my limit and I need to like scale back or take a weekend away. Um, Also, if we're making decisions about our weekend plans solely around obligation, so that's a thought, I like that's a thought I feel obligated to do this then that also might be a step for us to lean back and consider what else we might need to do in that moment. So the describe skill can not only be about what's occurring in your present, it can also be a way of taking inventory so that you can gain some better awareness for yourself, uh, awareness of where you may want to maintain some limits in order to maintain some bandwidth as we re-enter and also to give it an idea of what progress means for you. Um, I know that for me personally, like where I miss so many of my people and I want to do so many things, I know that going back into the world full force when it opens up is not going to be good for me. So I've had to be diligent about identifying what all of that means and almost jotting it down in a notebook as a reference point. So coping ahead, describe skill, taking inventory, this, these are going to be some practical tools to get you through the upcoming year. Y'all, we are continuing to do this thing. We are coming up on the year anniversary of the podcast. I know it took a little bit of break, but you know what I mean. Um, If you haven't already, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, please share it. That's how the word gets out. I am so thankful for y'all. I'm so thankful for those of y'all that follow on Instagram and help with content and you know give motivation to help me maintain this. And I hope that this is an ongoing resource for you. Um, things are going to shift. We're probably going to bring in some interviews, but I'll let you know about that when it starts coming up. Have the week you're going to have. See you next week.